Okay, so I don't care. I'm doing, <laughs> this is the last coffee house, and I'm doing another episode on Midsummer because I saw a video online by the critical drinker who whined about this particular type of storytelling, and he did two videos on it. He said, oh, I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's so terrible, and then did another video on it. So I'd really like to break this down and make it really clear about criticism and types of storytelling so that we don't issue one particular area of storytelling just because we don't like the style of it and, and say it's completely disingenuous while we're pretending that it's a different kind of storytelling. It, just, it annoys the hell out of me. So what I'm talking about, and I'm going to get into a whole lot of spoilers about Midsummer. I'm going to kind of break it down. So just deal with that. But and, you know, don't listen if you, <laughs> if you want to wait and see it and then then come back. I understand. So uh, just to kind of set it up. So Midsummer came out. Midsummer is about it's got the two characters, Danny and and what's his name? Chuck or Charles? I don't remember his name. Uh, and he, so they have a relationship. The whole movie is an allegory about the breakdown of a bad relationship and getting out of a bad relationship. That's what it's about. Now, the this critical drinker person explicitly, his initial review said it was completely boring. It didn't make any sense and it was horrible. I didn't, like, he didn't say many things that didn't make sense. He just said, oh, this is so long and, and annoying. The only things he talked about were, like, traditional horror movie tropes, which he was saying, like, oh, why didn't they leave when this bad thing happened? They should have left. Or why didn't they notice it when their friends start disappearing? Which, of course, I mean, it would nullify the whole allegory if if they started doing these things. And this is the reason. So then he comes out with another video that says that uh, this is not the way to criticize movies. I'm establishing this by virtue, you know, by fiat, by virtue of my magnanimity. I'm imparting to you that you do not get to criticize movies on this basis. And he talks about it in such vague ways that it, it barely means anything. But what he's trying to get at makes sense. What he's trying to get at is that you don't get to take a bad movie like The Last Jedi and just impose a whole bunch of thematics on it and say it's a good movie because I was able to impose these thematics. I get that. That's perfectly fine. Uh, the Last Jedi is a bad movie for many, many reasons, not the least of which are the the cheap thematics that are used that are trying to, oh my gosh, you know, powerful women and terrible men and men need to know their place and men were the history and now we're moving on. Yeah, terrible thematics. It's annoying. I get all that stuff. Uh, Midsummer's completely different in the way that it uses thematics and the way that it uses an allegory. Uh, to illustrate this the best way, I think is, and I don't think this critical drinker guy really understands literature. I don't think he's read many, <laughs> many books, full stop. Uh, so, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He could be a literary god. Who knows? So, the easiest way to kind of explain this is if you think about Kafka's Metamorphosis. So, Kafka's Metamorphosis is extremely scant on narrative and extremely scant on character or character development. So, it's just a guy wakes up as a bug. He just kind of crawls around his room a bit. His family gets annoyed by him. He has a boss and he's getting fired because he didn't show up at work because he turned into a bug. Okay, so that's like the whole story. That's that's the narrative. Those are the characters. The characters barely do anything except for get annoyed at him being a bug. You know, they pretend for a little bit, but then they get annoyed at it. That's the whole story. Obviously, it's one of my favorite books of all time. It's an allegory for feeling disenfranchised or distant from your family and feeling issued by society and excluded and it's that kind of an isolation you know it's not really about the narrative of somebody turning into a bug and what would happen thereafter it's really just about the feeling of being excluded from society and not fitting in so so that's really what it's about now if this particular reviewer had his way then he would be saying that this is a completely invalid way to tell a story or to explore something artistically he'd also be eschewing things like Ulysses like to the lighthouse those are allegorical 
stories, you know, they're episodic, they don't really have a, a grand narrative, they don't deal in character development, it's not really about having individual characters with individual voices, it's really about talking about philosophy and emotions that are, are opaque and working those things out through an allegory. So just keep in mind, Metamorphosis, Kafka's Metamorphosis, barely any story, it's really just an allegory. So the same thing applies to Midsummer. This is literary technique being used, and obviously it's been done before, like in The Seventh Seal, I mean, arguably Mulholland Drive and David Lynch films do the same thing where it's just mostly about an allegory or feeling. It's less about a narrative or characters. So Midsummer, this is not an imposed thematic. This is not something that somebody's saying, oh, well, I'm just pulling all these things out of the air to say how great this movie is like you do with. I think I, I made a video about The Rock at some point where I did this, <laughs> where The Rock is a, is a good action movie. I tongue in cheek pulled all these thematics about family and male ego and uh, and all this other sort of stuff because I thought it was hilarious because you could find all these things about infantilizing men and all this stuff but I don't think that those thematics are working in The Rock I don't think that the thematics in The Last Jedi make it a good movie they're bad thematics for one and all the rest of the movie is horrible Midsummer is a very straightforward storytelling which uses that storytelling to explore the thematics and the feelings that it's trying to explore so you have initially Danny she suffers this horrible tragedy her boyfriend is not supportive uh, that's illustrated by the fact that he's not wailing with her as she's wailing. He's just sitting there looking annoyed uh, and looking like, oh, I'm stuck in this now. Uh, and what happens is their relationship is descending way before this happens and he wants to get out, but they stick with it because of other factors, not because they want to be together. So the rest of the movie is about bad relationships and sticking with it too long when you should have gotten out, which is explicitly why Ari Aster includes another couple when they go to the Swedish village. He includes another couple because this couple you can see that they're they kind of fawn over each other and they're supportive they're worried when the other one's missing they're really concerned about this he does this explicitly to show the demarcation between a good relationship and a bad relationship and what happens with this couple when they see the old person jump off the thing and splat on the deal this couple is freaked out and they're like no we have to get out of here this is insane uh when one of them disappears the female the woman the female like i'm a <laughs> I don't know, taxonomist, the female version. The, the woman of this particular couple is concerned. She's worried. She's like, where is this person? Now, what happens with all the rest of the characters? All the rest of the characters don't have a good relationship. They're in a relationship. They, they should recognize the signs. The sign is a person jumping off and splatting. Uh, they don't want to leave because they're in a bad relationship. They don't notice the sign, but they want to stick with it. So Danny and her boyfriend, Christian, that's his name. Uh, Danny and Christian, they stick around. They're in a bad relationship. They saw this sign, just like they saw signs about their relationship before, but they ignored it. Just like Christian and the other guy who are both doing the thesis on the same same thing. So they have a bad relationship. They're not acknowledging it. <laughs> you know, Christian's just like, you know, whatever. And the other guy's, oh, whatever. So he's going to, what does he do? He tries to go behind his back and go look for uh, the book by himself rather than, you know, them having a good relationship. Uh, so what does that do? It gets him killed. The uh, <laughs> the other guy, the, the derpy looking kid, he pisses off on tradition and, and he he gets killed. He doesn't have a good relationship with any of them. He doesn't have any kind of a connection really with any of them because he's kind of more a barnacle attached to it because you've got Christian and the, the other guy who are both anthropologists who are going through this. Um, you've got Christian and Danny. You've got the Swedish guy who brought them there who has a terrible relationship with everybody because he just brought them there to have them killed. But the other kid, Ginger Kid, you know, he has kind of a different thing. I mean, he just wants a superficial sexual relationship with the girl. 
Uh, so that could be part of it, but he's less interesting than the other ones. So, uh, but like I said, the Swedish guy, he his relationship with everybody's a bad relationship. This is why, okay, everybody starts disappearing and nobody cares because they have bad relationships. They don't notice those things. The other couple does. They're specifically used thematically to demonstrate what a real couple would do under these circumstances. So a couple in a good relationship. So it perfectly mirrors the thematics that it's trying to go through. Not only that, it re-emphasizes the idea of the fact that this is allegorical instead of literal by establishing, you know, like when she puts her, her hand down, it's her hand, right? And you see the grass going through it, you know, all the drug stuff and when it shows the effects of the drugs, when people are, you know, it's like messing with the, the way things look in the background, it's it's moving them around and stuff. All that is establishing that this is more dreamlike. This is not as literal. This is not as direct. So th- these are things that are just adding a substrate of this is an allegory as opposed to this is actually what's happening kind of a thing. It's not really, oh my god, I can't, because this critical drinker guy, I don't know how incredibly superficial he is that he doesn't even admit of this kind of a possible aspect of storytelling. Like I said, I don't know if he's never read a book before, but he like threw a fit about the fact that she saw him cheating on her and that was the point. (laughs) You know, that was the point that it was literally he was cheating, so therefore she's gonna have him burned to death. I mean, that's such nonsense. Obviously, it's an allegory. It's a bad relationship. It's if you're out there in the real world and you're in a bad relationship, you stumble upon somebody cheating. It's not generally... It's not, it's because you're in a bad relationship. It's it's not because uh, you were in a Swedish village where you had cultists who had killed a bunch of your friends and forced your boyfriend into sleeping with somebody. This isn't like a feminist jerk off. This could have easily been flipped around where he was the one realizing he's in a bad relationship. The whole point is that it's exploring these feelings and these ideas through allegory. Uh, it's, I can't, the dumbest thing that this guy said when he was going through he said something about how what would have been great is if they found out that the cult had killed her sister it, oh my god <laughs> Like, are you serious? That is the dumbest storytelling thing I've ever heard in my life. It'd be like, oh yeah, it'd be great if at the end of Kafka's Metamorphosis, if we found out that his boss had had actually poisoned him and turned him into a bug. It misses absolutely everything about what the storytelling is trying to do. Absolutely everything. I just, I don't, if you don't get it or you don't like this particular type of storytelling, if you just want to say that I think allegorical storytelling is completely wrong, <laughs> you know, I get what it's doing, but I think it's completely wrong. We have to stick to narrative storytelling. That's the only thing that we can do. If you want to say that, that's one side. It's stupid, but it's one side. Go ahead. But to say that in an allegory, why didn't uh, some incredibly stupid superficial thing, like why wasn't it that the cult actually killed her sister? I mean, I, this is mind blowing to me. I don't even know. Did I talk about this in my original? I'm having like flashbacks because now I want to talk about Red Letter Media and how they talked about how the characters, Christian specifically had to be generic annoying. He couldn't be like over the top annoying or it kills the allegory. You know, if he's just a dick and abusive and all this other stuff, uh, then it's not as clear an allegory that it's about a, a just a generic destructive relationship. The people had to be generically annoying to each other so that it still fit within the allegory. So, I mean, the way this guy was talking, I don't know if he was like being a parody or something. It's possible. It's possible that he was just being, <laughs> now I feel like a jerk. He could just be, he could just be trolling. Obviously his uh, whole shtick is that he's drunk 
drunk while he's doing these things. Um, he could be trolling. I've I've listened to some of or watched a couple of his other videos, and he's relatively on point. Like when he he attacked Prometheus, and that's a superficial movie, so it makes sense that he would he would attack that in the way that he did. But this isn't a superficial movie. It's it's a non you know straightforward IP or superhero movie or sequel or anything like that. And and he wants to attack it for not just being generic narrative. Anyway, I think it's so well done. Uh, obviously, as it goes along, um, one other thing that was brought up was, I think Red Letter Media actually brought it up, was that they're, by the end, you've, you don't feel, like, concerned or that you want these characters to be okay in this situation. You just kind of feel resigned. Again, I think that's the point, that you're supposed to be beaten into submission. <laughs> <laughs> that this is a bad relationship that she found people who are actually communicating with her and that she finally gets to burn her her terrible relationship and finally get over it after all of that so that's one of the one of the things I loved from a storytelling perspective is that because you could have very easily as a superficial filmmaker you could have very easily still had them going like oh don't do this or save me or something like that you don't have to do this be a good person absolutely generic cliche nonsense that you see in so many of these horror movies and this is what do i say horror movie it's it's an allegory it's a drama with horror elements that's really just an allegory you know like <laughs> it makes me think of <laughs> you know if you know that story of the frog and the scorpion it'd be like saying that well it didn't make sense that the scorpion stung the frog because it would kill him too why did he sting the frog if it killed him too <laughs> and that means it's a bad story it's like oh my god that misses the entire point i hate to use that phrase but it misses the whole point of the whole thing so anyway, when they're reserved at the end and they're just like, okay, well, I've resigned myself to this fate. It makes it makes sense narratively just because they would have already gone through this aspect of it. So they're already, we have no recourse. <laughs> like there's nothing we can do. We're just stuck in this now. But from an allegory perspective, obviously it's just, okay, they're sad about it. They're sad about the unraveling of this relationship, but they're finally coming to the realization that it's wrong. And they're kind of numb to the fact that, that they're realizing this instead of just fighting for it or struggling with it or anything like that so anyway yes i wanted to do another midsummer rant i only saw this movie once and i got all this i didn't read anything about it or anything like that i understand that that's what ari aster was trying to do it's just because people compare it to hereditary which like i said before i think that hereditary was a horror movie with drama elements but this is a drama with horror elements and it's a pure allegory so when you see hereditary when you're blown away and and you're shocked at what's happening and you can't believe you know you don't know how far it's going to go or what's going to happen then it's it heightens that tension and you're like into it and you feel it but when it comes to midsummer you're not feeling those things you're numbed by the end <laughs> it beats you into submission uh it has all these cultish practices that are meant to lull you into the sense of the cult of being part of the cult it's meant to lull you into that and so by the end you feel numb instead of having this major reaction to it or anything like that uh obviously i thought the actress i think i already said this florence Pugh. i think she did a fantastic job the guy who played christian did a fantastic job just being generically douchey i think all the supporting actors did very well i mean it's just all around this is a very unique kind of film especially to have wide release and i hope it made a bunch of money i'm not sure how much money it made i know i saw it on opening weekend i paid full price for it uh wait did i go to matinee oh no i i'll buy it i'll buy the no i won't buy the full price when it comes out on digital i will never do that anyway so please let 
Like, if if other people really think in this way that you can't tell an allegory, that allegories are just an invalid way to tell a story, uh, then let me know. I don't know where this came from, and I, I don't know if people are just so oblivious to literary history that they don't know this is a method of storytelling, but I just, oh, I just wanted to correct this because it's absolute nonsense. Like I said, he could be a parody, a pure parody, <laughs> and I would be blown away if that was the case, uh, that he was that creative in doing that. But if not, oh my god, dude, like, are you serious? Read a book. Holy mother. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye.